0: Everything you thought to be right was really wrong. Just for a moment, step back in time and try to remember before you were born. Oh, that's right. You can't. Why is that? Why are there moments in time that we can't recall? It's very difficult for us to even recall being babies. When our lives were 100% dependent on our parents, on someone feeding us, Someone changing our diapers, someone holding us and giving us care and love. We can't remember that. Why is that? I want you to step back and just listen. Listen to the sound of my voice. You set your mind free. You must be willing to jump. You must be willing to jump into the unknown. I know it's scary. It can be very scary. But the rewards for going into the a place that is unknown can be extremely rewarding, but we must first remember that our world is made up of our imagination, because if we can't imagine, we can't begin to think And if we can't think, we can't act. Why is this so important? Imagination. As children, we play make-believe. We run around yelling, screaming, laughing, sometimes crying. All in a make-believe world where everything we think about is play. Play is make-believe. Make-believe becomes our life. Reality is nothing more then make believe come to life. When we we're first born, we're born into a dark place. We come from a dark place. And even though we often like to think that the darkness is somehow negative, bad, evil. And the light is somehow positive and good and everything we want to achieve. The fact of the matter is that the ideas presented by all of the mystics, all of the spiritual systems we find in the world. The God model is very different. So different, in fact, that most cultures, most spiritual religious traditions ignore the entire platform, the entire foundation of the basic facts about their own God model. We're going to get into this a little bit deeper, but suffice it to say, God models are how we build our world. The God model is how we live our lives. The beliefs, assumptions that we create is very, very important for our well-being, our mental state of mind, and our interaction with others within society. And these God models have been created from our life experiences, what we've been taught in school, what our parents believed, and most of us have never questioned the foundation of why we think our God model might even be correct. So when we look a little deeper into the idea of the structure and the ideas that we carry around about who God is, what does he look like? Maybe it's not even he. Maybe it's a she or an it. We must come to the conclusion that the details of our God model must come from someplace other than our own life experiences why because our own life experiences are too short to grasp or to carry all of the ideas that we carry about our own personal god model The whole truth. Not a myth, not an opinion, but the absolute truth. What's so amazing today is that we have so many resources, so much information, and yet we sit in darkness listening to platitudes, naysayers, well-meaning people who have lots of titles, letters behind their names, to make themselves look important. And yet, the information that they bring us is nothing but rehashed opinions about opinions, about traditions that make no sense. For the next few minutes, I want you to take all of your ideas, all of your thoughts, all of your preconceived notions, and just set them aside, we will discover a new and meaningful explanation to the ideas that have been with us for millennia. The truth, although hidden, is knowable. Christ, the Messiah, said you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It has been said that in the sameness you find the truth. What does that mean? Well, we can think of it in several different ways, but one of the ways that I look ideas is what's the same about them. In that similarity we can begin to uncover the process for discovering what the truth is and where it lies. Most of the problems in today's society are based on the fact that we have made assumptions. Assumptions about life. Assumptions about death. Assumptions about how we're supposed to live our life, what makes something right, what makes something wrong. Who gets to decide what is right and what is wrong? In this age of self-discovery, everyone is looking, looking for answers, looking for a way to live their life which is their own looking for a way to distance themselves from family, friends, orientation, lifestyle, things that they may or may not agree with. We want to run away from the darkness and run to the light, at least that's what we say. But most of the time, we just run from the darkness into more darkness and the light is never found. But don't despair because there is a process, there is a way to discover the absolute truth about everything and it is that goal that we should set for ourselves and never give up until we are able to correctly define and correctly understand what constitutes the truth. Long ago, when people would sit down around the campfire late at night, we like to think that they would tell stories. And later, some of these stories got written down, some of these stories were passed on verbally from father to son. These stories have come down to us in our time in many, many different forms. And some of the most some of the most treasured stories have been called holy books. And we have spent years, centuries, millennia trying to understand. The hidden mysteries inside of these stories, what could they have possibly meant to those who had told the stories in the first place, or to those who were listening and then didn't understand the meaning of the story? We look carefully at these stories today and consider many of them to be sacred scripture. There are whole societies today which hold to their scriptures as so important and being so holy that no other scriptures could possibly contain the truth. And therefore, they must protect their scriptures, their holy books, with a passion that verges on insanity. The Christian Bible in the New Testament says, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed. For the next few moments, I would like to point you to some of the most basic, foundational scriptures within the Jewish and Christian traditions. One of the earliest stories found in the Holy Scriptures is found in Exodus 10 21, and it's concerning the plagues which came upon Egypt. The Israelites were attempting to leave slavery, leave Egypt, and Pharaoh refused to let them go. Moses, as their leader, had the power within his rod to bring plagues upon the Egyptians under the command of God himself. And we read in Exodus Verse 21, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand towards the sky so that darkness will spread over Egypt, darkness that can be felt. So, Moses stretched out his hand toward the sky, and total darkness covered Egypt for three days. What most theologians fail to notice is that this plague is plague number nine. This darkness that Moses was allowed to bring down to Egypt was not ordinary darkness, but a type of darkness which had essence, it could be felt. In the book of Matthew, the New Testament of the Bible, we have the story of Jesus the Christ when he died on the cross. One of the interesting things that happened While Jesus was on the cross is that there was a tremendous darkness that came over all of Judea and it was witnessed by all the people and it was very fearful in the sense that the darkness was so profound and we read about this in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 45. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour Jesus cried out in a loud voice Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So here we see again this idea that darkness is associated with the number nine, the ninth hour, the color black of the occult wisdom of the mystical number nine. It is in this same hour that Jesus breathed his last and died. All Christian theologians are taught in theology school that This presence or darkness was in fact God's presence coming down from heaven surrounding Jesus and protecting him from the gawking eyes of just strangers who had come to witness the crucifixion. This darkness was the same darkness that Moses had called down over Egypt. Jesus called himself The light of this world, and yet when he died, he died in pure darkness, covered by the presence of God Himself. If we go back to the book of Exodus, we will find a story of when the Israelites had left Egypt and the armies of Egypt had come after them to try and kill them or take them back into captivity. We read in Exodus chapter 14 verse 19 through 20 that then the angel of the Lord, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel throughout the night. The cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so that neither went near the other all night long. So once again, in this small story incident. We see that God has two ways of showing himself to humanity. One of them is in a cloud of fire and light and that same cloud is a cloud of pure darkness It is important to understand that all Christian theologians, all Jewish theologians, typically called rabbis, understand that the cloud which guided the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years was none other than the exact presence of God himself so that when the cloud moved the Israelites would follow the cloud and when the cloud stopped they would stop build camp and wait for the cloud to direct their actions this same cloud later on filled the Jerusalem temple which was built by Solomon which was considered to be the most beautiful temple ever erected to any god it was world-renowned and it was filled with this cloud as in the spirit of god himself on the day of dedication when solomon prayed his famous prayer it says that the whole temple was filled with this smoke with the cloud and it drove the high priest and the officiating priest out of the temple it was so powerful so let's understand that from the very beginning of the stories that are being told about the god model in the old testament as well as the new testament we find that god is a combination of not only light and fire but of Darkness and night. Psalms 97 1 and 2. The Lord reigns, let the earth be glad, let the distant shores rejoice. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Psalms 18, 8 through 15. Speaking of the Lord, smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire came from his mouth, burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the winds. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced. With hailstones and bolts of lightning, the Lord thundered from heaven. The voice out of the most high resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemies. Great bolts of lightning routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed, and the foundations of the earth laid bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. So it is clear to see that just in these few verses from the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God, it is very clear That we are to understand the God model in a very specific, detailed, organized way. There is no room for doubt or speculation or excuses as to how God would like us to view him. It is very clear that the foundation has been laid from the very beginning, Even in the creation story, the evening and the morning were the first day. Darkness always comes before the light. The presence of God is manifest perpetually long before the creation of light. Long before the creation of the world. Long before of man himself. Today, in our Western Greco Roman society, people are disregarding the most basic facts which are brought to us through the Holy Scriptures. 2 Timothy 4, verse 4. We read, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. The word here in the Greek translation of the New Testament, which is translated into English as fables, is the word mythos, where we get the word myth. So the Bible is making a prediction stating that people will turn from the true facts and believe a myth of facts that are nothing more than pure lies, not based on the Word of God. Matthew 4, verse 4, tells us that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. Deuteronomy four twenty four says, The Lord thy God is a consuming fire. And in Deuteronomy 9, verse 3, we read, As a consuming fire, he shall destroy them. And in Hebrews, 1229, we read, For our God is a consuming fire. In our world today, there is so much confusion about the God models. What is God? Who is God? What does God look like? How does He act? What does He require from us? It is important that we look deep into the truth of the matter deep into the resources that we have at our disposal to determine what it really means to know God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are one. In the modern Christian world... We have a Bible which consists of an Old Testament and a New Testament. Both of these groups of writings are considered to be sacred. We must never forget that the Old Testament lays a foundation which Jesus merely uses and builds on it must never be forgotten that the foundation which has been laid, which was laid by Christ Jesus, cannot be changed. If Jesus is in fact Jehovah, which he claimed to be, we must then understand Jesus first in the light of the Old Testament Yahweh, Jehovah, the IHVH, the Tetragamaton, Hebrew thought, then and only then will we be able to decipher the New Testament Jesus and what he stood for. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the evening and the morning were the first day. In the Judeo-Christian tradition, the creation story comes to us in the first book of the Bible, and it holds some interesting clues to how we need to understand not only God, but this idea of darkness. The idea that we all come from a source, a oneness brings us to the realization that the first element that God called into existence was not darkness, but it was light. So that light is created. So where did the darkness come from? In the Christian Bible, it tells us that with God there is no shadow of turning. Yet, when God met Moses on the mountain and gave him the Law of the Covenant, He said to Moses, I will pass before you, and you will only see my shadow. And yet when Moses came off the mountain, the people said his face was so bright that they demanded that he cover it with a handkerchief. The shadow of God is brighter than the noonday sun." But with God, there is no shadow of turning. For God resides in the darkness. In all of the Abrahamic traditions, we find that God is not only one, but God is identified under the color black, under the number nine, the mystical occult number of all things. How do we know this? Because in Islam, we have the 99 names for God, which when reduced down to a single digit gets us nine. The same holds true in Judaism, for it is said that in the first book of Genesis, in the first chapter of Genesis, there are the mystical 72 names for God. 7 plus 2 is 9. The mystical occult number of the color black. The Bible also tells us that the sign of the Son of Man is a small black cloud the size of a man's hand. So, we must begin to accept that the reality of who God is and how He displays Himself is very different from the Greco-Roman models and that the Western Mind has been so corrupted by the ideology of this everything good is bright, everything good is light, and we must go to the light, we must reach for the stars instead. The Bible tells us to go into your closet, the dark covering over your head, into the darkness, into the black of night, be still and know that I am God. to the dark light. Thank you for joining us. Please like, subscribe, and tell your friends about the Dark Light podcast. We would love to have you here each and every day to discover the light in the darkness.